Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass, y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Today we are talking daily habits for you to include into your daily routine that are going to help you get your period back, but just as importantly, keep your period. It's one thing to get your period, and we talk about this a lot on this channel and on my podcast, but it's one thing to get your period and it's another thing to keep it coming. And I am doing an episode soon on what happened to my recover my second and third recovery cycle. 
But before that episode comes out, this one is going to be the perfect sidekick for it. So daily habits to ensure you're getting your period. So it's not enough to go through the recovery process, get your period back, and then expect it to stay every single month for the rest of time. That's not realistic. It's a constant journey. And that's something that most people discover about their recovery journey. It continues. It continues past getting your period the first time. Now you're probably going to have to instill some lifestyle habits and strategies for the rest of time to make sure that, you know, it's optimized. And this makes sense. What what you were doing before wasn't helping. It didn't work. You weren't getting your period back. So it makes sense that there are some changes you're going to have to make. The very first habit that you need to be instilling in your routine is the morning. Okay. So ensuring that you're doing the following in the morning. One, hydrating. Wake up, drink some water. Number two is first thing in the morning, you're going to eat a balanced breakfast. I talk about breakfast so much on this podcast slash show YouTube channel. It's silly, but it's true. Breakfast will bring your period back. And I talk all about my story in another video. I'll link it in the show notes. If you watch the story about how I got my period back or listen to the podcast episode, it's episode number two. I go into detail about all the things I did to get my period back and how important breakfast was. The reason you need to make sure you're eating breakfast when you get up, after you hydrate, before you embark on your workday, before you walk out the door to take a walk in the morning. I know that your dog needs a walk first thing in the morning, but this is really important, okay? I know that there are priorities of things that you need to get done in the morning, but I'm telling you that a part of that is an excuse to avoid doing the things you need to do. So breakfast and a balanced breakfast at that. We once had a client who we discovered, she said she was eating first thing in the morning, but upon getting on like a phone call with her and breaking down everything she's doing, she was eating like two graham crackers for breakfast. And we resolved that. We got her period back. We got her pregnant. So we need to be ensuring it is a balanced meal. And that means something that's not going to spike your blood sugar, something that's going to make you feel good, keep you full and sustained all the way through till your next meal. So that means ensuring that there's a healthy balance of carbs, protein, and fat in each of your meal. For breakfast, this can look like eggs with toast and sauteed greens. Or this can look like potatoes with salmon and herbs and onion and garlic and all kinds of good veggies in it. Or it can look like a yogurt bowl that's got a bunch of berries in it and it's got some peanut butter in it. Maybe you add some collagen powder, something like that. That's got all the different macronutrients filled with lots of micronutrients as well. So sometimes I see clients come and they're crushing it in terms of the calorie intake and they're doing a good job of having the three different macronutrients, but it might look like egg whites with an English muffin and cheese. Okay. Yes. There's protein, carbs, and fat in all of those things, but where's the micronutrient value? Okay. You have egg whites, but all of the nutrient value is in the yolks. And okay, you have carbs in the English muffin, but the English muffin is just flour and there's usually some kind of sugar in it. And the cheese is just cheese. So all that's great. Have those three things, but maybe switch the egg white out for a full egg and add some sauteed spinach on there. Have a side of fruit, like berries. Have 
some tomato on there. Like I'm not saying you need to fill your plate with excessive vegetables, but add one in, start small, but make sure you're consistent because these are the little tiny things that are gonna add up to ensuring that next cycle, your period arrives. Number three is to ensure that you're not starting your day stressed. So I used to wake up and get straight on my computer because I love my job and check my email and get to work. But even though I enjoyed it, it was still stress. It was still like not, I was not starting my day in any kind of relaxed way. I was immediately in like go, go, go mode. And so many of us are like that. That's the typical personality of an HASO. I just want you to be aware. Keep in mind, maybe you could hang on a sec. Don't pick up your phone. Don't get on social media first things first and read a book for a bit, sit and have your breakfast in silence. The routine or the ritual of hydrating, having your breakfast, going to brush your teeth and doing it all in a slow and relaxed pace if you can is a really great way to start your day. And if you do that consistently, you're going to be getting up in the morning in a non-stressed state, which means your cortisol levels are not going to be spiking through the roof. And because you are including breakfast and doing it in a balanced way, you're going to be hitting it with a double whammy of morning stress. Morning stress is a wild thing because you want to be breaking the fast with the breakfast and you want to be keeping stress down with the breakfast and with your own you know, mental mindset strategies. Now, if you've heard the majority of my content, I've said it once, I'll say it a million more times, With that breakfast, you could totally have coffee, but make sure you've had a few bites of your food. Ideally, you've totally finished your breakfast before you actually drink coffee or any kind of caffeine supplement or whatever. If you're taking a caffeine supplement, I mean, just stop right now. I know a lot of people don't like the taste of coffee, but they want caffeine, so they just take a caffeine pill or something. Don't do that. Like, just stop. Stop. But I love coffee. I'm not here to tell anyone to stop drinking coffee 100% unless you're in recovery and you've been trying to recover forever. Totally ditching coffee is something worth trying. But you've had some recovery periods. You're trying to ensure and optimize that your period comes every single month and it looks perfect. So, which by the way, side note, no one's period looks perfect every single month ever. You're always going to have some dodgy ones here and there, but you know what I'm saying. Wait until you've had the breakfast before you have the coffee. Why? Because I already explained the whole cortisol thing. You want to wake up, you want to eat so you don't spike your cortisol, you want to be in a, in a relaxed state so that you don't elevate it because you're going to have natural amounts of it rising. That's what wakes you up in the morning. But coffee, if you just get up and drink coffee straight away, I mean, you're, you're negating the effects of eating the actual breakfast and having the relaxed morning. So I really recommend that you do all three of those things first thing in the morning. Number four is getting sunlight. Okay, so great. You're taking your vitamin D supplement. I'm super happy. And maybe if you are living in Iceland or Finland or somewhere up north where you don't get a whole lot of sun, I understand that this is hard to do, but get outside, get into nature. It's so, so key. We do not spend enough time in there. We're not getting grounded with nature. I mean, if you can, go outside with your shoes off, stand in the grass. Grounding yourself and getting back in touch with nature is a great way to de-stress and you don't have to do it for long, okay? I know that we don't live, 
most of us don't live in a situation where you can do all these things in this nice, slow and relaxed state. But maybe you can wake up, grab some food, go outside with your shoes off, get connected with nature. And even if you can't do it that much, you know, can you sit on your porch? Can you go down to the park? What can you do every day to get a little bit of outside time, especially at the moment? And depending on when this comes out, I know a lot of my homies down in Australia in particular are not really allowed outside a whole lot you know do what you can and if you have a balcony or a backyard be utilizing it that outside time in the sunshine is going to do wonders for the consistency of your cycle and hopefully you don't have to over supplement with vitamin d pills because that's not as good as the real thing now because we're talking to people who are recovered or who just want all of the tips for when they do recover or maybe you um, are not recovered yet but you are still trying to recover with exercise involved this tip is around exercise so ensure that if you are working out you are getting at least two meals in before you train so if you're working out in the early morning i'm just going to tell you now you may struggle with optimizing your cycle. You may not, but you may. And in that case, you're going to want to make sure you eat as much food as you possibly can before you train. But the best thing to be able to do is to have had breakfast and lunch and a snack before you actually go to your first exercise session of the day. Again, this is the stress thing. And this is also ensuring that you're putting your body into a calorie surplus before you train. If you're training first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, you are going to be putting yourself in a calorie deficit immediately. And this is the thing that I see so commonly with people who get their period back and they don't get their second or third period. Often they worked something in where they delayed breakfast or where they started working out or even just going on a really long walk in the mornings before eating. And well, now they've put themselves in a calorie surplus just to start the day. And us ladies, we don't do so well with that. So the vast majority of us really need to be putting ourselves in a surplus before we train. And your body's going to thank you and you're going to thank you because your performance is going to be significantly better. And maybe you're one of those people who thinks, hey, I actually perform really well on an empty stomach because I've heard that a million quadrillion times and I don't really believe you. You might perform okay, but when you're fully fed and your body has just had that time, natural time to wake up and limber up a bit, you are gonna you're gonna train and perform better. The next one is to ensure that you're getting plenty of protein. So protein is the number one thing I go to when I see clients who have short luteal phases. So the second phase of their cycle, very often our HA clients have very short luteal phases. And we might even see some spotting through the luteal phase, or we might also see a really weak, short menstrual cycle. And when I see that, I go straight to protein. I'm like, okay, if you track your food, show me your protein numbers, show me what types of protein you're having, and I'm seeing the answer right there. If you think this might be you, or if you just want to make sure that this doesn't happen to you, please keep a keen eye on your protein intake. And I will link to some of the evidence in the show notes on protein and its impact on progesterone and thus the second half of the cycle. So the recommendation that I give to clients for protein intake is one gram per pound of body weight. Many of us have heard that prescription. Many of us have heard 0.7 grams per pound of body weight. And 
The reason we go with one gram, the higher amount, is because we want to be ensuring we're getting significantly more. Women who don't struggle with HA or who have been eating plenty of protein forever and ever, maybe they can have a bit less, but we need to be ensuring that we're eating a significant quantity of protein at this time. So I would recommend one gram per pound of body weight of protein. If you don't know what that really means or looks like, you know, I don't necessarily encourage you to start tracking that kind of thing. I just want you to be cognizant that you're eating a significant amount of protein in every meal. So if you're having just a little bit in every meal, it's just, it's not going to be enough. Okay. Is this, look at the palm of your hand, the whole circumference of it, try and have that much in protein every single day in every single meal right? So at least three times a day, get that much. And I guarantee you, you're maybe hitting it. If you're a 110, 115 pound female, that's probably going to hit your number. If you're a bit bigger, you're going to want a little bit extra. So just be aware of your protein intake. Focus on that as much as you can till you get in the habit of eating enough protein naturally. And this can come from all kinds of sources, but I am going to recommend that you get as much of it from animal sources as you can, because that's got the mineral profile that you want. In particular, the B12s that are really important that you're not going to get from things like your tofu and your pea protein powder and all of that jazz. And if you are vegan or vegetarian, hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, Do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora cornucopia of things, but in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing? And these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even. We have created a checklist. It's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off And you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and it will be waiting for you there. Vegetarian and you're not about the animal products and you're going to get your protein from other plant-based sources. Please just be supplementing with B12 at a minimum.
Now, the next one is fats. Ensure you're getting plenty of good fats. So this doesn't include trans fats and the oils and the stuff from the things like the fried foods that a lot of us are encouraged to eat a lot of because that, you know, they're pretty strongly linked to PMS type symptoms. And I don't want you to get your period back and then have your period feel like someone's reaching into your vagina and pulling out your uterus. I would love for you to get your period back and have a pleasant experience with it. So huge focus on saturated fats, monounsaturated fats, polyunsaturated fats. That's the good stuff. Saturated fats are easily identifiable because they're like solid at room temperature. So butter, ghee, animal lard, coconut oil, and they melt when heat is applied. So that's a good way to identify them. And then monounsaturated, you're looking at your avocados, your olive oils, and polyunsaturated, we're looking at our nuts and seeds. So I said them in that order so you get a vibe for order of volume and quantity. So go ham on the saturateds, go moderately ham on the monos, and have a, a serve or two <laughs> of the polys because they, you know, if you eat them in a like nuts, nuts, butters, nut bars, eating those in a high quantity is just going to constipate you. I'm not trying to restrict you from anything. I'm just trying to help. You know, the reason these fats are important is for our omega-3s and 6s. If you're experiencing things like maybe a lot of inflammation, maybe you have your period and you're having period pain. When we see this, I wonder if you're getting all of the fats and the omega-3 fatty acids that you need. Inflammation in the joints, pain in the uterus. During menstruation, all of these things are not ideal and can be helped with the right nutrition. So just take a look at your fat intake. Are you still steering towards avoiding high fat items because you know that they're higher in calories than carbs and protein or because you have some kind of fear or bias towards fats? I think that you should check in on that if you're experiencing any kind of cycle issues and just see is fat where you're neglecting things. And now carbs. And carbs is one of those things where it's like, I have clients where sometimes we have to up the carbs and sometimes we have to lower them in order to see progress in cycle optimization. So it really depends on the person. But what I will say is that if you're training, if you're working out and you want to optimize your cycle, you're probably going to need a solid amount of carbs. Like my girls who are in the gym, even when they're training only lightly, sometimes I have them up 250, 300 carbs. And that's what we need for them to be able to perform at a high level and maintain a healthy cycle. And that's just one of the nutri of the macronutrients that we're focusing on when you're training and trying to get your period back or maintain and optimize your cycle. So carbs, look, whatever carb sources you want, if you're grain-free, if you're all about that agriculture, you want all that rice and bread and stuff, go for it. Currently, I'm eating a ton of that stuff and no one died. You know, carbs aren't scary. Go for it. If you feel like it, have it. If you want to focus more on, you know, gluten-free type grains, have potatoes as much as you want. Eat, 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 eat have rice. Rice is gluten-free. A lot of people seem to forget that. And fruit, vegetables are all carbs. But, you know, don't just be having a bunch of squash and spinach and carrots and potatoes and think, oh, I'm eating super high carb because those things don't add up to a ton of carbs. So I recommend that you get some of the higher starch, higher calorie content carbs in at least once a day 
And if you're training two to three times a day, you're going to want to eat a very high carb meal. This is going to be really important for optimizing your cycle. And if you, if your cycle looks pretty good, but you add carbs in because you think, oh, maybe I'm not eating enough and you see your cycle make a negative impact, well, then you know you don't quite need that many carbs. But the vast majority of people, especially those who are training or exercising, are going to see a positive impact from including carbs. And if you're eating low carb and you add carbs in, you know, you don't don't jump the gun and go from z- like zero carbs to 300. Work your way up. But yeah, carbs is really specific to the person. It's kind of hard to recommend, but you know, you, you know, your lifestyle, you know, if you're working out or not. And if you want to optimize your cycle, you're going to need to eat some. But if you have no intentions of working out, if you hate working out, you don't do anything like that, and you prefer to eat a higher fat, higher protein, lower carb, chances are it's not going to affect you. And you're actually going to feel and perform in life mentally and physically pretty well. Okay, next one. Second to last, guys, make sure your calories in general stay in check. So we've talked about not exercising in a calorie deficit so that you are training in a surplus. And we've talked about eating all of the different macronutrients. But let's just wrap all of that into one whole picture and talk about the importance of having your total calories accounted for. Again, everyone's going to be a bit different. I want us to let go a little bit of this whole like, oh, 2,500 calories is the answer for everyone. It may be lower for you by a little bit. It may be higher by a little bit or a lot. Whatever it is, you need to figure out what it is for you and then keep that in check. This is why I often recommend working with someone, getting someone if you need that kind of support to help figure out what that looks like for you, whether it's the specific number of calories or whether it's just working with someone to understand what a good amount of food literally looks like for you so that you're eating that kind of consistently. And then most importantly, learning to have basically this whole intuitive eating thing, right? Learning to have a more intuitive relationship with food so that you know when you're going through a season of life that requires more and a season of life that doesn't require as much. And I talk about a season that doesn't require as much because I see a lot of people also in the HA space go through a kind of stressful time of like, hey, I'm not doing a lot and I'm not that hungry and I feel bad, like I should be eating more. And we replace this should not be eating mindset that we had for a long time with this should be eating all the time mindset. And we literally just swap them out and remain a little bit stressed. So it's really important to learn when you, you know, should be eating more food and when it's okay that you're not stuffing your face all of the time. So there's that. Keeping your calories in check overall is really important. And maybe I should have started with that, right? The calories up the top and breaking down your energy output and your energy input, which looks like ensuring you're having plenty of rest and plenty of carbs, protein, and fat, plenty of minerals and micronutrients, getting it all in. That's super important. And first things first is, you know, your energy intake. But we're here talking about ensuring you continue to get your cycle too, right? Which means optimizing, which means you don't want it to be 40, 50, 60 days long. So that's why I dive into the micronutrients and all of that jazz, because I have tons of clients. I've seen it in practice constantly that just because you're eating enough doesn't make your cycle optimal. It doesn't guarantee that your next cycle is going to come next month. It might come the month after because you might have a 60-day cycle. 
I see this all of the time. That's why I don't start with the calories, but they really are very, very important overall. Gosh, I feel like I have absolutely waffled on today. I hope what I'm saying makes sense and resonates with you guys because I'm kind of just free flowing right now. But we're on to our last one. Removing the stress culprits. We're talking friends, family, social media, whatever else it is. I know family is hard to get rid of, but if you need to put boundaries up, protect your mental energy and to not be stressed out by family, you need to bite the bullet and do it. If you have toxic friends that you need to move on from, you need to bite the bullet and do that. And with that, I don't necessarily recommend breaking up with friends, but just find new people and places and things to fill your time with and just slowly allow those people to become friends that are more in your peripherals and not upfront and center causing stress in your life. And social media is a huge one. It really is a stressor for me. I will go through times where for some reason, social media is just like, it hurts my soul or my something's happening maybe with my ego or how other people are making me feel. And I just need a break. I need space from it. And things that I've had to do is not be as involved. Like I'm not scrolling through all the time. I'm only on my own profile vast majority of the time. And those are things I have to do to protect my mental health. And I have thought many, many, many times about actually just like deleting my Instagram, not having one for the HA podcast. And truthfully, I would love to do that. I would love to remove it. But sometimes I, and honestly, majority of the time I do enjoy it. I really like making content for you guys. And I really like having an Instagram that I can share all of it on, but sometimes it's stressful. So I need to check myself. And when I feel that way, it's worth it for me to just not be so involved for until I feel better. And I would rather, you know, as a, as a business owner, for example, here, I would rather be not posting for a few days out of the month than feeling stressed about posting during time when I quote unquote should be. So maybe the The business suffers for a week because a week out of every month, I'm not that interested in posting on social media. That's, you know, better to me than screwing my health up. And if I feel better about it the other three weeks out of the month, then great. The business is moving forward or whatever. And I also take comfort knowing I can delete it. Like, for example, Instagram doesn't really do anything for my business. It's just an opportunity for me to share with you guys. Maybe I get the occasional client or maybe you guys join the HA Society when I post about it from you know time to time. But the vast majority of my business is run from having this podcast. So everything else I do, it's like, I, it's a choice. I'm choosing it. I don't have to do it. So it doesn't have to be a stress. And it helps me to kind of lay those things out and get pen and paper out and write about, you know, why I choose to do this over feeling like I have to and why it's okay for me to not do it if I'm feeling like I don't want to do it. Because a lot of us get this terrible, like, anxiety feeling like we have to do this and it's not true. So that's a little bit of a tangent on that, but hopefully it helps just maybe there's something similar for you in your life that you're struggling with that you feel like you have to do, but you really 
don't have to do. You know, if you have a really stressful job, for example, then, you know, that's a choice. Staying in that role in that job is a choice. And there are definitely people who have life situations where they're in a job that they have to be in that they don't like. And I have so much compassion. I feel so much for you if you're in that situation, but it's not the vast majority of you listening. So just real talk right now. So if you're putting yourself in a stressful work situation where on your deathbed, you're going to say, I didn't even need to do that. Don't do it. I think that made sense. (laughs) If you liked this video, please subscribe, thumbs up, all that good stuff on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, guys, please subscribe. Leave a rating because it really helps other women find this podcast. I would love it. And I love reading the reviews. So thank you. If you do leave a review, you're the best. Share this show with someone else that you think or you know might be missing a period because it can be really, really helpful for another friend to send a friend to the right place. And lastly, guys, check out the hasociety.com. I have tons of blogs. I'm always posting new resources up there, information about HA, recovery, mindset, body image, all that good stuff. And I'm going to point out to you guys the seven-day HA recovery commitment challenge. It's recently been updated. I've been fine-tuning it over the past year. You get a new day of the challenge every single day or seven days to help you commit to what you need to do for your recovery, commit to what you need to do for exercise, for stress, for getting support from others and sharing your story with the people that need to know so they can help you and more. So if you want in on that, again, thehasociety.com. I'm going to link to all of that stuff in the show notes, including the challenge if you want to take it totally free. And I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method, both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are. And that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, Again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, My wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs. And then it also gives you sleep insights too. 
So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction. TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop. And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code so just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code afha society i think too if you just go to tempdrop.com and and use um, afha society at the checkout that will work too so happy temping and good luck This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. 
Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.